0: Stone Mountain, Georgia, where you can now go bowling and get your hair done and get a tattoo and all sorts of fun things. It is the Five Takes Podcast. We are back, albeit in a different form, uh, much like our local uh, distilleries in town that have stopped making the booze and started making the hand sanitizer. We're revamping this thing a little bit and um, making it about what's relevant to what's going on right now with this whole COVID business unemployment, everything financial. So that's what we're going to do today. A little bit different. There's plenty of soccer news that is actually happening right now that we can get to later. But today it's all about unemployment. And I am joined by a new friend, not in stripes yet, even though I'm sure as soon as Atlanta United gets back to playing, she will be at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium chanting. It is my good friend, Cas Walding. Hello, hello. Kaz, uh what is your what is your title? What's your role? What you doing here? How'd you get on this thing? Uh, What's going on? What's happening?
1: So I am the District Seven Communications Director and Political Coordinator for IATSE. And I serve as a trustee for Local 927, and I'm also a stage hand with Local Nine Twenty Seven. So I do all live stage. Um and then I just joined with Local 479 uh as well for film and television.
0: And I should uh I should. Go, I guess I should go ahead and introduce myself. I am, as always, Glenn Payson. Still sticking with it. Still sticking with Paisan. I'm making it happen. I know 37 years it's been Paisan. I don't care. I'm changing it. Um, and I am also uh, an IOTC member, Local 479. I work mostly in film and television. And this podcast today is going to be mostly geared towards our IOTC brothers and sisters dealing with uh, unemployment issues. Um. Even though there will be some good general unemployment knowledge on this, a lot of it is going to pertain to what we're dealing with in terms of certain employers and what have you. But there's a lot that's just going to pertain to everyone, really. So there's a lot for everybody in here, and not just uh, IOTC brothers and sisters. And with that said, we're going to go over a few things first. First, we're going to start off with kind of a... uh, A glossary of terms, if you will. Some shorthands that we're going to be using throughout this pod uh, when we're referring to unemployment and stimulus and everything. So I'm going to go over those one at a time here. The first one is PUA, which stands for Pandemic Unemployment Assistance. So that's what we mean when we say PUA. When we say GADOL, G-A-D-O-L, that is Georgia Department of Labor, When we were referring to the DOL, it's just another shorthand for the Department of Labor. It's just Department of Labor. UI, unemployment insurance. C&C would be cast and crew, one of our employers in the film and television business. EP, entertainment partners. $600, that is the amount of the federal weekly payment. $504, that is the amount of the federal weekly payment if you choose to have taxes taken out. Uh, benefit year, that is one year from the date you first file your unemployment insurance claim. Uh, Mark Butler, he is the Commissioner of Labor. And WBA, it is not women's basketball. Aww. It is weekly benefit amount. Also good, though. <laughs> also good, and also oh, a cold reminder that there are no sports right now and there's nothing happening. No women's basketball, no soccer, even though Germany's about to start back up. Please, God, bring back the Bundesliga. I need soccer in my life. I don't care what team. Let's Dortmund, go ahead. Uh, Bayern Munich, uh, I'll buy a kit, whatever it is. is, I'm, I'm. It's getting hard. It's getting hard. I can only watch so many replays of Atlanta United. Anyhow, we get off the soccer tangent. There probably is going to be another one. Um, so we're going to start off with... Um, Filing your claim and what that process is like. I'm going to go through it and Kaz is going to jump in uh, at various points through and clarify something if it needs clarification or correct me if I get something wrong or interject a question uh, if, if need be. We're kind of just going through this just nice and fluid. We'll go nice and slow, step by step. Get yourself a glass of wine, get your favorite mixed drink, sit back, relax, throw it on when you're in the car. This is going to be a minute, but it will be beneficial. All right, so when you file your own claim, it's a pretty straightforward, simple process actually, if you are filing on your own and an employer is not filing for you. We'll get to that later. You will log on to the Department Department of Labor's website, dol.ga.gov, and you're gonna create an account with your social security number. You'll create a PIN to log in with. For the love of God and all things good and decent, do not lose your PIN. Write it down. Put it in a password app. Don't lose it. It becomes a problem uh, when you need to reset your PIN. It can really mess things up. Don't lose your PIN. Um, you will need to know a bit about your employment history when you're doing this. For most mm-hmm. of us, it really shouldn't be all that complicated. I know we typically, 479 Brothers and Sisters, we work for a lot of different shows throughout the year. 5, 10, 15 different shows is not outside the realm of possibilities but we don't work for that many employers because the show the production company is not your employer the payroll company is and really there are only 3 big players in the payroll game yes you might see some weird payroll companies if you're doing a small show a little indie thing but really the three big ones are EP CNC and Greenslate um So when you file your claim, you do not need to enter the same employer more than one time. For example, Glenn Paisan, I almost said Paisan, I'm still going with Paisan, it's so hard to break the habit, but I like the way it sounds better. Um, Glenn Paisan starts his claim on 5-1-20, May 1st of 2020, right? He enters his employment history. He started a show on 2 That's February 1st of 2019. That show was Cast and Crew. And that show wrapped on, let's say, 7 one July 1st, 2019. He then started on another show on 8 one August 1st, 2019. And that show was EP. And that show wrapped on, let's say, 9-30. 2019, September 30th, 2019. He then started on another show on 11-1-19. And that show was Cast and Crew. And let's say that that show wrapped on 4-1 of 2020. Glenn Pison's start date with Cast and Crew would be 2-1-2019. And his last day worked with Cast and Crew would be for one 2020 You do not need to put multiple start and end dates for the same employer. Does that make sense, Kaz?
1: So yeah, that does make sense. Now, um, there's another thing to note that if you're a live stage employee, and you do actually have like, say 20 different employers, which a lot of us do have up to like eight to 10 employers, it's not uncommon at all.
0: And so that, that is employers. Sense. That is still your payroll company.
1: Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. You, you all just companies-
0: have, have more than we typically do in, in 479. Right, we have quite a
1: few. Um, so we also do cast and crew work, but we also have UTP, and we have sure. the Fox Theater, and we have um, right, multiple right. other companies around. Mm-hmm. The best way to handle this is from here going forward. I know a lot of folks don't do it, but from here going forward, always keep your pay stubs for every job. Yes for 18 months. Get a binder and get those little clear uh, sheet protector envelopes that you can get for uh, like, you know, what we do for our Dungeons and Dragons sheets. Um, I know, nerd
0: Nerd. Um,
1: (laughs) But if you get those little sheet protectors, you can put each one of those pay stubs into a sheet protector so that that way they're in order throughout the year and you have them on file for 18 months. Specifically for times like this, or even for the off-season, because the theatrical folks have time when we don't have anything going, and that's when we can file for unemployment. So this is good for you year-round.
0: That's a great idea. And a point of clarification, with especially as it pertains to you all, sometimes your company is also your payroll company, like the yes. Fox Theater. It's not right. like a show like um, uh, Ozarks. Ozarks is, is not... Is not your employer the the payroll company is, and that's how it usually works in the film and television world. Very rarely, mm. it would have to be a real independent production. Is the production company also your employer? But for y'all, right, exactly. sometimes that can be the case for the stagehand brothers and sisters out there. We know you're listening. Um, so when you are asked, and Kaz was just going over this, how many work? work I don't know, how many weeks you have worked in the year? You can find that out via your pay stubs. Hopefully, you save them. If you haven't in the past, start doing that now. It's a good habit to be in. Or you can can contact the payroll company for that information. And in normal times, I know right now nobody's answering their phones. It's because they're overloaded. I get it. But in normal times, you will be able to get a reply from these companies. Um, Worst case, your best estimate will suffice. Um, Godwell is going to have all this information on file regardless, because your employer is going to be sending them a report on, on the earnings that you've made with them, but it will make life easier. And it will expedite your claim if you're accurate with this information. And it's all about expediting your claim and getting your money as quickly as possible, whether there is a global pandemic on or not. Um, they need to know what your earnings are. So that they can then take that into their equation, which you can find in the Department of Labor's handbook. If you want to know how they arrive at how much you are um, uh, granted in total benefits and how much you're allotted weekly, you can look that up. But they need to know that information to calculate that amount. And if you provide them accurate information, it's just going to speed up the process. So... When you're selecting an occupation, Kaz, I, d- I don't know for 927 brothers and sisters, but for m- us, most of the time, the option that best uh, is closest to what we do in film and TV is skilled trade. Is that yes, what y'all that normally pick?
1: Out, that actually checks out across the entirety of the Southeast, there the you whole go. of District 7. Um, anybody who is in a stagecraft type of industry, studio mechanic industry, yep. hair and makeup, whatever. Hair and makeup, costumes, workers, props, it's a skill trade. union employees are all skilled workers. We're part of a union because we have skills.
0: Yes. And uh, speaking of, of, of the union, um, when uh, the option comes up to select whether or not you get your jobs from a hiring hall, 479 is not a hiring hall. We, there's nobody at the office that you're not on like a, a Teamster roll call where you just get, if you're next up, you just get the job and the hiring hall is getting your jobs. We're part of a union. We're part of a hall. Okay. But they don't provide us their jobs. You do not. You do not get your jobs from a hiring hall. Hey y'all, Glenn jumping in here for just a second on a point of clarification when it comes to filing unemployment and selecting or not selecting that you get your work through a union hiring hall. 479 has released some communication that was brought to my attention that says you should select that you do receive your work from a union hiring hall. And if you do that, you'll get some other drop down menus that will allow you to enter in your local's number and the date you have paid your dues through. You can do that um, you will still receive your benefits. My opinion, and it's just my opinion. I don't want to go against what our local is saying, but this is how I've done it for 12 years. And I know many, many other people have done it this, this way is I would not select that I get my work through union hiring hall because technically and legally speaking, I don't. And neither do you if you're in local 479 working in the film and television business, we are not like our teamster brothers and sisters or our stagehands where they are getting their work through a union hiring hall. I feel this will just add another step to the process. Goddell will need to contact you, verify your union membership, and the date your dues are paid through. And I just see that as another delay. Again, either way, you will receive your benefits. All will be well. But that's my opinion. And now back to me and Katz. Does that hold true for you as well?
1: No, actually. So the difference between the non-hiring hall, which is a union that represents its workers specifically for purposes of negotiation and representation in the case the worker is having trouble or injured or whatever, a hiring hall is essentially almost like a dispatch, if you will. And what we have is a rotation list, okay? Right. And with that rotation list, um, now, the, we are not the employer still. It's still the payroll company that is your employer. but you're getting your work through this hiring hall who's saying, hey, um, Cobb Energy and Performing Arts Center needs 12 people. Fox Theater needs 13 people. These are the people on the list. Can you guys go out and do it? And we say yes or no. Now what that does is that exempts us at the hiring hall from doing any work searches during normal unemployment circumstances. And that's because our hiring hall is already seeking the work for us. They're the ones that provide us with those calls to go out. Otherwise, in a normal circumstance, you do have to be doing those work searches,
0: right? It's totally different from us. We we get our jobs from texting, honest to God, it, it's it's word of mouth. It's you got a buddy on a show, you worked with a, uh, a best boy, a department head before he brings you on to the next show. You're we don't have a roster, we don't have a roll call on, on at 479 where it's just like, okay, well, Glenn is up next. So he gets the next job. And you just work through it like that so that's the difference mm-hmm. between our two locals and that's slightly different worlds we're in the same uh kind of industry just a, a little bit different so going on um when you're selecting your reason for unemployment usually in normal circumstances mm-hmm. you're gonna select that you stopped uh you were not working Due to a lack of work, there was no work available, i.e. the show is wrapped. It's, it's done. It's gone. There, there, isn't, there is no work. Right now, you should be selecting laid off due to COVID-19. There is a, a, a big important difference here. And I know most people have already filed their claims, but there are a few people who are still filing right now. There are a few fortunate people out there who are getting, call it compassion, call it relief, whatever checks you want from a production company who's trying to do the right things, i.e. I. Netflix still paying some of their employers, and those people will be filing in May. So when you do you file, you need to select you were laid off due to COVID-19 because right now, and I don't expect this to change at any point because it hasn't changed so far, so it's not going to going forward. Being uncomfortable or just having a fear of contracting COVID-19 is not a valid reason to be able to receive unemployment. Your place of employment must be closed due to COVID-19. You, the job must not be available for you to go and and work at. Uh, in our case, the entire industry is shut down, so there are no jobs to be had, which is why the job search requirement that you would normally do, you would normally go out and be providing proof that you're, you're actively looking for a job, there, there is no job to be had. So that's why that has been suspended. Now, there are some workarounds to this. You can't simply say uh, well, I don't, I don't feel comfortable with it. I'm, I'm real worried I'm going to get it. That's not good enough. But let's say you got a kid because they're not going to school and you have no childcare. could be a valid reason to receive unemployment. Um, you are medically fragile. You have an underlying condition. You're older. You have asthma. There, there's a, a list of things medically that could uh, work for a reason to file unemployment or say you, you've got a sick relative that, that you live with. Uh, one of the in the vulnerable category uh, has an underlying health condition, is older. That could work too. But simply saying, "eh, not cool with it," it doesn't work like that. So be very aware when you file your claim. It must be selected laid off due to COVID nineteen. The other option is right below it. Uh, don't want to work because of COVID nineteen. Don't select that one. You must be laid off due to it.
1: It's also very important to remember, guys, that you are in a right-to-work state. And that goes for anybody in our entire district. All seven states in the District 7 are all right-to-work. And with that, that means that if you don't have, or even if you do have a sick relative and you're worried about contracting it with them, you still have to work with your employer in order to figure out if you can maybe not return to work or take on something part-time or maybe be somewhere of less risk. That's right. But that is entirely working with your employer and they still have the ability to fire you if a mosquito farts on you. I mean, they can That's fire right. you for any reason whatsoever. That's right. So be aware of that. Be as kind and as, as you know nice as you possibly can be when you talk to them. Be understanding when they say no. And know that if they decide that they're going to let you go, there's not a lot that you can do about that because of our right to work laws.
0: That's right. And Kaz, we'll get to the point that you just mentioned later on about uh, working part-time. There is a way Mm -hmm. to work part-time to make a certain amount and still be receiving unemployment and the federal uh, payment of $600 per week. There is a way to do that. And we, we will get to that. Um, Um,
1: You know, Glenn, actually I've got, I've got questions that keep coming through to me. Okay. Um, So they're asking me, who do I actually list as my supervisor if the payroll company is my employer? Do I list who my steward is, my department head? What do I even put there?
0: For us, I can speak for 479, film and TV, uh, brothers and sisters, we list our department head, our our direct supervisor who's right above us. You know, if, uh, if you're working on a Tyler Perry show, your, your supervisor is not Mr. Perry. Um, it, if you're uh, working in set deck, your set dresser, it's your lead man. That's who you want to go with your department head. Uh, how about for, for you guys?
1: That is the same in live stage. Yes. Cool. You would always go to your department head. If you don't remember your department head's name, it's okay to list your steward. If you need to, because your call steward sure. will be able to answer the question
0: for you. Sure. Exactly. Um, so, uh, upon completing the application, once you go through everything, it's really not that painful. I promise. Just if you have all your information, it's really not that bad. Um, you'll receive a confirmation number. Go ahead and write that down or screenshot it. Make yourself a little folder somewhere. Keep all of this, keep good records, right? That's part, half the battle is just keeping good records. And then you're going to be in the 21-day waiting period. I've had a few people um, talk to me over the, the past few weeks uh, who are concerned that they uh, haven't received their money yet. And they filed like 15, 18 days ago. And I try to be as polite as I can with them. But I got brothers and sisters who haven't been paid five, six weeks after filing. Like, you got to relax, chill. You're in the 21-day waiting period minimum. Given that we are in a global pandemic and that there's an an absolutely avalanche of of cases that that Goddell is dealing with, another week or two beyond that is not outside the realm of possibility. Um, that's just case overload and there's nothing that can be done to prevent that. There's no way that they could have hired an additional one, two, three, four, five thousand employees for Goddle to handle all this. It's just not possible. So
1: Yeah, that's probably the number patience. one question that I get uh as you know, from within stagecraft and across all seven states is that well I just filed two weeks ago. I haven't seen anything. Just sit tight, be patient. And yes. don't call the Department of Labor or send no. them a ton of emails because what that does is it gums up the system yes. and they can't get everybody that needs to get through.
0: Yes. Now, that's not to say that after the 21-day waiting period that there could be some underlying problem with your case. But you will not be able to identify that underlying problem until you are through at least the minimum 21 days. Right. So chill, baby. It's going to be okay. Just relax just a <laughs> minute. I promise you. Um. The next piece of communication you will receive after you complete your, your application will be a determination letter. If your address and everything on that you've entered is correct, this letter will list your employers, how much you earned with them. And then following that, you'll receive what we'll call another determination letter stating that your benefits have been approved as of what date. It will show your maximum amount that you're um, granted to receive and how much you're allowed to receive weekly. You will get two pieces of mail saying that, at least. Um, If you didn't get it, okay, potentially lost in the mail. Kind of unlikely, though, because for all of Godel's trouble, this is one thing that's pretty regular. There could be a glitch in the system. It could happen. But this is a pretty solid standby. Mailings that just go out. I mean, these are auto-generated. They don't even look at the mail. Like the, The form gets generated. It gets printed. Someone seals the envelope, it goes off. And that's why some people are seeing some pieces of mail right now uh, that they're like, well, why did I get this? I'm already receiving benefits. I shouldn't need this. It, it's just automatically – the system hasn't had time to update, and they don't have the manpower to look through every piece of mail that's being generated and, and reading it over and going, oh, well, Cas Walding actually doesn't need this, so we won't send it to her. They're sending it out. It gets printed. It gets sent out. So anyhow, those are the two pieces of mail that you're going to get um, to let you know that your claim has been processed and how much you're going to get. Now, I will
1: jump in on this. Yeah, go ahead. Um, So do remember, when you get a determination letter that has your amounts of money on it and it has all of your employers listed, that is not an approval letter. It just determines what your benefits are going to be when you do get approved. Yes. The second letter is a claims examiner determination right. and that's the one you're waiting for that right. will tell you whether or not you're approved.
0: Correct. First letter is basically saying, hey, this is who you worked for. This is how much you made with them. Second letter, Goddles, essentially saying, okay, cool. It's approved as of this date and you, you move forward. You oh, but let, the next question service. then
1: is, I just got approved, but how long do I have to wait for my money?
0: You want to take that one go ahead
1: sure um so usually it takes between 24 and 48 hours for your money to come through once your claim has been approved in the system oftentimes you end up getting a letter after you've gotten your money however during the pandemic and with everything so slammed and the system's overloaded it can take sometimes three or four days yes. for it to go through so be patient with it give it about four days total and if you don't see it after that, let us know, and we can help you figure it
0: out. Exactly. So while you are in this waiting period, this aforementioned 21-day waiting period, and while these communications are coming to you, you need to be certifying every week. On the day of the week you were asked to certify on, every single week. Just just have Siri, have Alexa, have them all remind you. Do this every week. Don't miss a week. And, and then... Get yourself a little spreadsheet going. Get, get a little chart. Get a little sticky note. Something to to remind yourself, yeah, I did certify for this week. So that way when you're certifying, every time you're going in, you're certifying for the current week. Not the previous week. You don't need to go back and think about, oh, did I certify for the previous week or not? Stay organized. It will really, really help you out because it's a lot to remember. Because while you're trying to get unemployment, you're trying to deal with a global pandemic. Like, I, I get it. Things fall through the cracks so write shit down it will help you mm-hmm. all right here we go the backstory on the major problem facing members of 479 i'm gonna take a drink here
1: <laughs> You're gonna need
0: it. yeah i'm gonna take a uh, marco rubio rubio uh, gulp size of water here bringing back the jokes from 2016 all right so Entertainment partners, cast and crew. Here's what happened, y'all. And I think it is important to understand. I, I know at, at the end of the day, we just want to know money's coming. I get that. But it is important to understand how things happened and why things happened. You'll be you, better armed with knowledge in the future for the next time something like this goes down, which, God willing, it, it doesn't happen. But, I mean, it's probably gonna. So. Shh. I know, but, you know. <laughs> Don't jinx it. Hey, Fortune favors the prepared. So, uh, true, cast and crew did not file on behalf of their employees. The only payroll employer who did was EP. If you were able to file your claim, and you have been able to certify every week, your employer was most likely cast and crew. Most likely, for 4 7 For you, you guys got some other employers that could be in the mix. For us, it's most likely cast and crew. You should continue certifying each week if you are able to do so, meaning that an employer has not filed on your behalf. Now, here is the explanation on how all this trouble with the payroll companies went down. And I'm going to go slow. I'm going to go point by point. The House and the Senate up on Capitol Hill in Washington had good intentions back when they passed legislation on april 3rd trump signed it into law on april 4th they wanted to get money out to the average american worker you and me you know and we all said yeah okay that sounds great and the states went oh okay state governments were saying that that sounds okay we could that sounds good sure and then the house and senate said okay well we're gonna do it via unemployment and we all went oh okay sounds great and the states went wait what the fuck did you just say I mean, listen, I I disagree with just about everything that comes out of Trump's mouth, but he was right in that this was a dumb way to fund everybody via unemployment, because every state is different. No Department of Labor in any state was prepared to handle the volume of cases and create brand new systems to pay people that they had never paid before. So now that's twice, twice in a month that I have agreed with Trump. Because I think he was right about Governor Kemp opening up too early, too. So that uh, hug your loved ones. Uh, say your goodbyes. I, I got to go back and reference the Bible. I don't know what book it was, but I'm pretty sure somewhere in there it says, if you agree with Trump twice in a month, it's over. So I, I'll i go back. I'll reread. I'll see what Moses it is. Moses
1: said it. I know
0: it. Uh, Moses said it. <laughs> I just know it. That's ridiculous. This is this this is ridiculous. All right, all right. So the states were not were not set up to to handle this. We know this by now. Um, That many people trying to file unemployment all at once. Furthermore, even if they had the capacity to handle hundreds of thousands of people, which nobody did, they didn't have the system in place to handle paying benefits to ten ninety nine and gig workers. It's it's never been done before. So an entirely brand new system had to be built from the ground up while dealing with normal unemployment claims, to, to handle those folks. And that has been dubbed the PUA, or the Pandemic Unemployment Assistance, which we'll get into later. Cool. So, Goddell, in an effort to expedite payments to everyone, they, they saw this avalanche coming, and they said, okay, what, what can we do here to handle this? Because it's been signed into law that Congress basically said, here, y'all you, you figure this out. You administer this, this thing that we've created. All right, we're done. We're going home. Um, and they did. So Godel said, all right, we're going to mandate that all employers should file on behalf of their employees. They did this because when an employer files on your behalf, you typically see your benefits flowing in days, not weeks. It's just a faster process. And this is where it hit a snag with us. Our employers, which are the payroll companies, again, your employer—I don't care who says it—is not the production company, unless you're working at Fox Theater. Like, it's—they can be the same thing in the 927 uh, uh, circumstance, it's but it's usually not. Usually not, and it—it's not—it's not the production company hall, all, and it is not your union hall. Don't put it down. It's not. Um, your
1: union is not your employer.
0: For the love of God. All right. So these these payroll companies, EP, Cast Crew, all of them, they're not used to filing for their employees. They've never done it. They're not set up to do it. Casting Crew, EP, and others have, have tens of thousands of employees spread across the country, all in different states with different laws. They just didn't have the means to do it. They're not like your traditional employer, brick and mortar type store. They're not prepared to certify for everyone, every week and to also have those employees updating them on the status of their employment because when everyone does return to work eventually it's gonna happen um fingers crossed everyone would have to notify their employer of that fact who would then have to turn around and notify the state that's a lot of incoming traffic that they got to deal with they're they they do not do it they're, they don't have the manpower to do that so cast and crew made the decision to straight up not comply and not file on behalf of all their employees technically they broke the law in the end did this end up being a good thing yeah they took a risk though because the law clearly states that if the employer does not file on behalf of their employees, they can face severe penalties. Essentially, they could be on the hook. The employer could be on the hook for paying benefits out to everyone. That would bankrupt them. In the end, they worked it out with Godel, some behind-the-scenes talks, men in suits, and they received a waiver granting them permission to not have to file and certify for their employees on a weekly basis. So if you're with cast and crew, you're going and certifying... Like you normally always would. Nothing changed. Understandably, this left EP feeling a little pissed off. They followed the law. They filed for everyone. Now, did they do it in a sort of rushed and kind of panicked manner without notifying any of us? Yeah. And did Godel put out some pretty scary language, some pretty intimidating stuff with those penalties? That kind of caused their panic? Yeah. Was Godel's intention behind that language to ensure that employers did right by their employees so that people could get paid faster? Yeah. The, the road to hell is, is paved with good intentions. There was good intentions from the federal government down. It's just a bunch of people panicking. And uh, it didn't work out so well. So... For those people that started their own claim, your claim was kicked out of the system once EP started a claim because the employer's claim always takes precedence in the Godel system over the individual's claim. Yes, you can still get benefits paid for weeks you claimed on your own. There are a number of people out there who started a claim mid-March or whatever, certified for a couple weeks then got the message that said, hey, guess what? You don't need to certify anymore. Employers filed on your behalf. Mm-hmm. No problem. Going forward, EP is going to be certifying for week ending 4-4, 4-11, going forward, right? They're gonna be doing that. So that's good and taken care of. You can still get the money for the weeks that you certified. It will require some intervention. From a Godel rep, uh, unfortunately, and that is a, a bit of a process. But we've Kaz and I have developed a process, and we are we are getting those cases solved, um, as well as other cases. Um, but before before we address that issue of getting you your money that you claimed for weeks, you claimed on your own before EP filed for you, we want to make sure the money from EP is flowing first. So let's get you the money that ep is certifying for on those week ending dates once that happens then let's get in touch with Goddle and say hey this person that's um receiving money now smooth as butter from an employer filed on their behalf needs paid for these two weeks that they filed on their own if we intervene now i think it might just be messed up so let's get the money flowing first you will i swear to you you will be back paid from the date your employer filed for you or when you filed, you will get everything you are owed. Patience. I beg of you.
1: Well, and that's actually a reaction that's very common with the with Godall anyways, is that they will make sure the money is flowing first. And then if they've missed payments, they'll work on that that's after. That's correct. They've got to get the flow going first. So that's with any problem. That's how they're going to respond to that usually.
0: That's correct. Because they, they want this money flowing too. I mean, that's their job. I promise you that these people care that the representatives work in there, that Mark Butler, they care. And when I say they're working 24 hours a day, I really do mean it. It is nonstop. They got shifts going. It's crazy. They've got, for, just for your information, 2019, they had 19,500 claims in the month of March, 2019. 2020, they had 337,000. And now they're up yeah. to like a million cases.
1: They're up to 200,000 calls per day at the Department of Labor right now. 200,000 every single day because people just keep calling in to ask their questions.
0: Which is where we have come in, and we're (laughs) trying to screen out the kind of rudimentary one-on-one stuff, things that we can solve on our own. And then if there are, and there are cases that do require a lever pull, if you will, on on (laughs) Goddard's end, behind the scene, we send (laughs) those to them. And it has been much more efficient. We're turning red flags to green Every day, usually getting about, on average, I'd say about eight cases solved a day. And if you've already been waiting for weeks and weeks, yeah, you know, this is a faster process. Um, so moving forward, there are a couple of reasons why the, uh, the federal payment, the $600 payment, didn't hit people's accounts immediately it's really starting to flow now a lot of people are seeing it but a lot of people at at first were like well why am i seeing my state benefits and i'm not seeing this federal money the 600 dollars that we were said was also coming two reasons one you were having trouble with your state claim in the first place so that's automatically going to prevent the federal payment from moving forward
1: if your state claim is not approved You won't get the federal money. They run hand-in-hand with each
0: other. That's right. And we'll get into a little bit more of that, of how you are qualified for the federal payment. And if you're not qualified for state benefits, how you can still receive the federal money, there are ways to do that. Uh, The second reason why that federal payment didn't come through and hit people's accounts first was the federal government literally sent too much money. They sent a payment to the bank that DOL uses that was too big for the bank to process. They literally backed too big of a Brinks truck back up to the bank. And the bank couldn't handle it. So they had to go back to the federal government and ask them to send payments in smaller installments to the same account. And then the banks had to process all those payments and get money flowing. It's flowing now, but that was that was the issue. It's a classic first world problem. It's too much it's money.
1: the same situation as when you get a giant paycheck from a show, and you can't deposit it into your bank account without talking to a teller. Yeah, it's very similar to that. yeah I,
0: I, I had a I had a real moment, I think it was back in December, uh, where uh, I got a check just like you were talking about, mm-hmm. and I uh, tried to mobile deposit it via Wells Fargo, and I got the notification that uh, you are over your limit. And I swear to you, I was genuinely perturbed. I was like, man, I make too much money to... To, to oh wow i should just <laughs> shut up i should just really shut up like i was genuinely inconvenienced by the fact that i made too much money that i had to leave my house and go to a a a bank to deposit my money i couldn't do it from the convenience of my phone and i was genuinely upset by it and then i realized what a massive asshole i was
1: we had to route ours through our daughter's bank
0: account oh <laughs> my word
1: can you imagine a fourteen year old suddenly seeing like four thousand dollars in a this This
0: gear. sounds like the plot of Ozark. Like y'all are laundering money. What's going on? All right. So let's get in. So that's the that's the whole explanation on the EP and the Cast and crew saga. Now you know what happened. So now we're gonna jump into some some general troubleshooting. Um and these are in oh, no particular order. Thing. Oh, Kaz has something.
1: One quick thing. Yeah. Um, for those of you who are not four seventy-nine, if you're seven ninety-eight. Or ah, if you're yeah. 600 and you're having issues with EP, um, you need to speak with. Um, I believe that your E-board members are already in touch with folks to uh, talk to EP and see what's yep. going on. Um, but they have the information. That's so right. So contact your reps with your locals, and they can help you to navigate that system and figure out what's going on.
0: That's right.
1: Um, I know 479's E-board has been so on top of it um i i know that 607 are are looking at you know getting in with them as well and, and yeah. talking to them and figuring it out so do talk to your boards. um do know that there are things being done for you as well
0: yep and ep i mean the problem should be mostly resolved because ep is filing for, for mm-hmm. certifying for everyone it doesn't matter what locu and they're still going to be certifying right. for you could you still see a problem on your account, even though EP is filing for you? Yeah, there could you could have entered some information wrong. could be a problem with your social security number not matching up. There could be something else going on. But as I always say, stay calm, stay patient. I promise you it can be addressed. I promise you it can be fixed. It's not worth you panicking about. There are bigger things to worry about than this. Mm-hmm. This will get solved. You will get your money. So. And
1: do know that while 479 can't speak on your behalf and represent you, your e-board can, and they can. They can call up, you know, Mike and Ray, and ask for information so that they can have, you know, figure out what to do as well.
0: Yeah, and they've been very active in that regard. I, I promise you, the yeah. reason that we're seeing this EP solution resolved has nothing to do with me or Kaz. <laughs> it just doesn't. I mean, I'm. I, I know that we're we're the ones doing all the communicating. And, and um, some people have been frustrated at maybe the lack of communication from 479, even though I think it's been pretty outstanding. The reason you can see updates like on the hour for me all the time is I'm not representing anyone. Right. Our e-board, your business agent, your president, their hands are tied behind their back, legally speaking. A lawyer is literally holding their hands behind their back saying, no, you can't say that officially yet. I can mm-hmm. say what I want. I have no representative capacity. And that's why they have to be really, really careful with the communications that they, that they put out. But I promise you, your solutions are because of their work that they're doing, yes. talking with lawyers every day from Department of Labor, from EP, from our own lawyers, uh, with 479 Bob Giolito. Conversations happen and have been happening on a daily basis. So they are working very hard. Everybody is. Everybody. Everybody's working on this. So some troubleshooting stuff. If you are one of those that has filed a little late, and there are some of you out there, like I said, there's some that uh, have Netflix is continuing to pay you. God bless you. That's, that's great. Um, or, or you might even be filing in, in May. If you see the message, your request for payment has been received but cannot be paid. It's all good. I know the wording could be better. We can address that with Godel going forward about just, you know, the language via this process being a little more clear. All this means is that you've claimed for a week and Godel has received your request. However, your claim is not finished processing and it's not ready to be paid out yet. Like we said, it takes a little over 21 days for a claim to be verified. And given what's going on, you got to allow for a little bit more time.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: That's the Keep first in mind
1: one. that the, the process of these claims has to involve a person actually contacting that payroll company and just verifying. Verifying they it, there. yeah.
0: Did this so, person do this? Did they work there? Did they make this? Yes, they did. Okay.
1: So, with the amount of people that need to make those physical calls, that takes a lot of time and a lot of people, and they just don't have as many people as we have people in the state. So, it's going to take a minute.
0: Yep. Be patient. Yep. Um. If you've lost your PIN, shame mm-hmm. on you. Uh, Right? Shame. 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 Okay. No. If you've lost your PIN, you're going to need to log on to Godel and reset your PIN. You can do that from the Godel homepage. If your PIN is being rejected, it is either because Godel did not receive certification for two weeks in a row, and at that point, the system has kicked you out, or you've tried to enter a PIN uh, too many times incorrectly, or, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, what the system at least thinks is incorrect. It doesn't necessarily mean this is this is your fault. I have seen some instances where people have, uh, well, at least swear to me that the PIN is is correct. Can I verify that? No, because I didn't create their PIN. But system glitches are possible, I grant you. Um, y- you may very well have been entering your PIN correctly. And there could have been a system glitch. Um you may very well have certified each week and something went wrong in the system, but those are the two most likely reasons. Um, most of the cases that I've sent on to, to Gottl Reps have not been just a uh, simple, like the pin isn't working, a glitch. There's, there's usually an explanation uh, behind it. But if you get to the point where the um, system's just locked up, you cannot log in for whatever reason. Um, you've tried logging in at night. Try that. That's actually it. I know it sounds weird. It's like the, when you call tech support, Oh yeah, just, uh, unplug your computer and plug it back in. It'll it'll fix everything. (laughs) Seriously. That, that shit sometimes works. Sometimes you do just need to plug it in or or unplug it and plug it back in. And sometimes you just need to log on at night when there's less traffic and the system can handle it. So try that first. If it Um, absolutely doesn't, you're up against it. We probably at that point need to get you in touch with somebody who can resolve that.
1: Also, don't forget. Clear your cookies before you Uh, go
0: in.
1: So the Department of Labor system was actually designed and built uh, prior to 2003. And when I started coming into using this system, it was around 2004. That was when they, it was the year after they had gone online with it. Uh, So keep in mind that cookies are going to make a difference here and that their system does not love cookies. Old cookies. So I love cookies. cookies. Are small files of information that are placed on your computer <laughs> by a website so that you can load your websites a little yes. bit faster. Yes. So the unfortunate part is if there's an old one in there, it could be loading something completely weird. Yep. So go clear. ahead and clear those before you go
0: in. Clear browser history. We all do that clean every day clean. anyhow. Um, mm-hmm. clear clear cache, clear it all. You can do that uh, if you go into your whatever browser you're using. Go into preferences, clear it out. You can do it. Um, whatever. Y'all are doing it every day anyhow. We all know everybody's clearing their browser history every day. You don't want to die one day and then your browser history is there for all to see. Just saying, y'all. Keep this it squeaky clean. not
1: also tabs. Oh.
0: <laughs> also, in, in terms of browsers, Safari is notoriously buggy with the godel website. Yeah. Try Firefox. Try Chrome. Mm-hmm. Is Internet Explorer still a thing? Try that.
1: Internet Explorer still exists, and that is what Godall is actually built for, was Internet Explorer. And God forbid anyone have Netscape Navigator still.
0: Oh, boy. Yeah, go ahead. Try Netscape. those of you out there, any Netscape users out there, try (laughs) try that one. See how that one goes. All right. Don't use Safari. Clear your cookies. Uh, Also eat cookies. So um, some other troubleshooting things uh, that could be causing a snag with your claim. You could have an open claim from earlier this year. If you started a claim earlier this year or, or, or last year, 2019, um, and you collected a couple weeks of unemployment maybe, and then you got on a job and you stopped certifying, th- there could be a problem there. Um, you may have entered some certification information incorrectly, or maybe you missed a week of certification. see lots of those cases where they missed one week, picked it up the next week, and then got on a job and and stopped certifying. uh, That could be a problem. Uh, There's a few different reasons why this issue could be with your previous claim. Um, In the future, uh, when you return to work, uh, you only need to certify, and I swear to you, this is direct from Mark Butler. Post the screenshot if you want. Um, You only need to certify if you are earning less than your WBA, That is your weekly benefit amount. So in normal times, non-pandemic times, let's say you were approved for $300 per week. You only need to certify if you are making less than that. Once you return to work, and let's say you you get on a show at the Fox Theater, get on Ozark, whatever it is, you're making $1,200 a week, you don't report that you're 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 back to work you you would end your claim by stopping to certify. If you got like one day at that week and you made 250 bucks or whatever, you would you would claim that. You would enter that information into your weekly certification saying, "Yes, I did work. This is how much I made." And that is straight from Mark Butler. In these uh extreme times with the pandemic, there is an emergency rule in place. And this this is very very important. It can get a little complicated. I promise you it's not that bad. The emergency rule states that it exempts you from $300 of reported income. What that means is, under the current rules, you would only report your income if you are making less than $300 plus your weekly benefit amount. So, in the scenario that your weekly benefit amount is $300, you would report if you're making $599. Or less. And that's also how you're going to be able to continue to receive the federal payment and Mm -hmm. still hold a part-time job, which we're about to jump into. But to be clear here, there are two types of benefits right now during these times, state and federal. The state benefit is just the normal amount you would usually qualify for from the state of Georgia anyhow. That's your state benefit. The additional $600 is from the federal government, and that's brand new, brand spanking new. Got that new car smell past April 4th. If you qualified for state benefits, you qualify for the extra $600. Full stop. Mm -hmm. The rules state that in order to receive the $600, you must be receiving at least one dollar of state UI unemployment insurance per week. For example, Glenn Pazan, I got it right, receives $300 in state benefits per week. Glenn Pazan also gets the $600 from the federal government per week. Glenn Pazan is allowed to make up to $599 of reported income per week and still qualify for the payment from the federal government because Glenn Pezon's weekly benefit is $300 and he is exempt $300, which totals $600. I have to be making less than $600 per week of reported income. Listen, what you make under the table is what you make under the table. Keep walking those dogs. Keep making those masks. Do it, right? They all—it's all it's If all you don't
1: good. report it on taxes, if you do not report That's it on right. taxes, do not report it to the DOL.
0: Yep, just keep with those—keep um, with those cocaine and meth runs. You're doing fine. Break. Keep your baby sitting on. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. So, I have to be making less than six hundred dollars per week of reported income to qualify for the additional six hundred dollars from the federal government. In this scenario, remember that the additional $600 per week only applies to week ending 4-4 and beyond. If you started your claim in March and you're wondering, well, where is my $600 payment for week ending 321 or three twenty eight? Yo, it wasn't real then. It wasn't a law. It didn't exist. It was being talked about, but it didn't become law until 4-4-20. So that's why. Does that kind of make sense with the whole unemployment thing and, and how much you have to be making? Now, I, I know the next question is going to be, okay, well, what what if my benefits are zero? What if mm-hmm. I have exhausted my benefits? I'm not getting anything from the state. Or I'm 1099 and I didn't qualify for unemployment. There's a way, there's a mechanism in place to continue to receive at least... The federal payment of $600. We're And about to jump into that. The other thing that I'm, I'm starting to see, a, a, a weird thing on a couple of people's accounts, and it's nothing more than a system glitch. There's plenty of those out there. If you are seeing that on your, on your MyUI, on your page, on your um, claim status, right, on your account, if you are seeing the $600 from the federal government being debited from your remaining balance of your state unemployment, do not be alarmed. The system has no way of showing that. It's just showing it's detecting money coming in and it's got to be pulled from somewhere and it doesn't have anywhere to pull else to pull it from. It's just automatic. That $600 does not, does not go against your state benefits. It is from the federal government. It is totally, totally separate. It's just a system error and you are fine.
1: Well, and that system error is something that it, it happens with a lot of different fields in that system. Remember, this system was built um, over Oh, my God, my daughter's 17. Now it was built over 17 years ago, Jesus. Netscape, y'all anyway,
0: Netscape,
1: it was built a long, long time ago. So you're gonna see a lot of issues that are in the system where it's not showing you the correct information. But the fact is, is that it's just faster for all of the caseworkers to jump in there, fix the issues, get you your money and we'll make it look pretty later. Um, Now, granted, that does generate a lot of questions to the DOL. But you know, in those cases, we've actually been fielding a lot of those questions, because those are things that we can answer. We know which fields are the ones that are just not updating. um, And you could just pass that information on to your friends. Yep.
0: All right. So I have my next topic up as overpay, but I'm thinking we should just go into the PUA and then circle back to the, the overpay problem. Are you cool with that? all right yeah i
1: think that goes
0: well all right so let's get into pua oh this is gonna be fun all right pua pandemic unemployment assistance (sighs) unemployment state benefits have been extended by 13 weeks that language is a little confusing i get it let me explain yeah sure that sounds like a great idea let's let glenn come in and explain everything he's never gonna get anything wrong all right y'all. i'm jumping in on this again uh PUA clarification, because we've had some things developed today, and I want to make sure the information that's out there is correct. So what we had happened today is I've had more than a couple cases now of this uh, occurring, so I'm pretty confident in saying it. Um, I've had a couple people um, show me their uh, claim status uh, window, or their, their page today on the, on the Gaudel website, and there's been some changes. Uh, a week ago, a couple days ago, yesterday, they showed that their maximum benefit amount was fifty-one ten. That's the maximum you could have, and your weekly benefit amount being three sixty-five. That's your max. They were showing that. Today, they're showing a maximum benefit amount of nine thousand four hundred and ninety, and their weekly benefit amount is still the same at three sixty-five. So, if we take nine thousand four hundred and ninety, and we subtract 5,110, we get 4,380. If we take 4,380 and divide that by this person's weekly benefit amount, which was $365, we get an even 12. An even 12 more weeks of state benefits. What that would mean is, per the rules, remember, if you want to receive the federal payment of $600 per week, 504 after taxes, you need to be receiving at least $1, right? At least $1 of state unemployment per week. Well, you're going to be in this scenario because your state benefits have been extended by 12 weeks, thus negating the need for PUA because by the time... This person, in this scenario, by the time their benefits are exhausted, they're going to be past July, the end of July. And at the end of July, the program ends, period, across the country. Uh, The federal payments of $600 per week end, barring any new legislation that comes in and is introduced that could potentially extend that out to another month, September or October, or whatever. But we don't know that yet. It's just being talked about. But that's the that's the current scenario. Before we were under the impression and the understanding that PUA um, was there to allow people to receive their federal payment only, you know, the $504, the $600 per week. It still is for the 1099 folk out there, which was what PUA was originally created for. Um, The federal government came up with this system of getting everybody these $600 a week payments, but then they left it up to the states to administer it and figure out how to get people that money through their own unemployment system. The federal government said, we want to give this money to people through unemployment. and The states had to figure out how to do it and how the state our state figured out how to do it was PUA, pandemic unemployment assistance. If you're a 1099 person, you're not a W2 employee. Like if you're all your income's coming from 1099, you have no employer contributing to the insurance system. They're not they're not making deposits into that unemployment insurance trust fund that the state has. So you have to have some way those people to receive the federal payment of $600, again, 504 after taxes. That's where PUA comes in. It allows those people who are not receiving at least $1 of unemployment per week, a way to get their federal payment. But if you are someone who is already receiving state benefits, right, you were were approved, for unemployment insurance from the state of Georgia, you qualify for the federal payment, full stop. You you get it. Now there are some gray areas that we're still trying to figure out, some people who um, fall into the gaps, if you were. And I'll have it be known, I am one of those people that could potentially fall into that gap. What if, let's say, My benefit year, let's say if my benefit year ends in June, when I I would need to start a new claim, right? Because my benefit year is up. The additional 12 weeks doesn't extend your year. We can't magically create three new months, some fictitious months, right? The benefit year is the benefit year. When my year is up, I need to start a new claim thus starting my maximum benefit amount all over again. What we are unsure about is if that maximum benefit year will then be the new $9,490, which I think it would be, or the previous, you know, prior to COVID, the 5110, if I'm approved for the maximum amount. People are approved at different levels. Not everybody sees 5110, 365 per week, right? Depends on how much you've worked. Depends on how much your employers have contributed into the system. There is another complicated scenario as well that we are still foggy on. And there are a few people that fall into this scenario. Let's say that your maximum or your benefits, your remaining balance, right? for the year, Let's say you had had a claim open earlier this year or last year and your benefits have been exhausted or will be very soon right before before your benefit year ends should you keep claim are you going to see your account kind of pumped up with money again because people who are in this scenario currently who are seeing their remaining balance be at $0, right, they're no longer receiving state benefits each week. They're automatically being sent an application for PUA. Because PUA applicants are people who are not receiving at least $1 of unemployment per week. That's the complicated part. My assumption, and I know it's dangerous to assume, but I think it's reasonable, this is an automatic thing that's happening with the system. As I've explained it here, I think we can all reasonably you know, ascertain that if you are one of those people who's had their benefits drained to zero, you and your benefit year is not ending, your benefit year is not ending, but your funds are exhausted. You should see that account funded again, thus receiving state benefits once again, thus automatically qualifying for the federal payment again, which would make filling out an application for PUA kind of a moot point. It wouldn't be necessary. So this may be The other mechanism that has been discussed but not confirmed. We were under the impression that this other mechanism uh, that was in the works was nothing more than a tool like PUA is for 1099 folk. We just thought this other mechanism that was in place was going to be a tool a little better suited, a little more tailored for W2 folk when filling out the application for PUA. It was going to have a different acronym. Because you'll notice for those of you out there who have filled out the PUA application and you're a W-2 person but you got that application because again your benefits were exhausted. I'm sure you noticed when you filled it out it's not exactly conducive to W-2 folk, right? The questions you're asked to answer, the answers you're allowed to give doesn't really match up with what you do for a living and how you make your your earnings, um, how you make your money. So you fill out the application as best you can. Again, we thought that's what this new mechanism that was in the works was for. Nothing more than a means to allow you to continue to receive at least the federal payment of $600. That seems to not be the case now. It looks like state benefits alongside the federal are being extended. Again, you're gonna receive that federal payment, right? Of $600 per week because you're receiving state benefits. So around and around we go. Appreciate everyone's patience with this. We are doing our very best to make sure everything we put out is as accurate as it can be while at the same time trying to get it out quickly because we know people are struggling out there and being in the dark is the worst part about all of this i mean yes not having money sucks to be sure but not knowing anything just compounds the problem and makes it worse all right y'all we're gonna jump back into it now. Thank you. Talk with us. Get on the Atlanta Art Department COVID-19 Facebook group. For the love of God, please look for your answer first before posting a question that has been answered <laughs> ad nauseum. There's lots of good videos. Everything's categorized. I do my best at, at, at kind of curating everything and making it streamlined. And, but if, if at the end of, of the road, you you've cannot find your answer, Contact me. Contact myself. Contact Has. Post your comment. We will address it. it. It will get fixed. So let's hop back now to the last troubleshooting thing, which is overpay, too much overpay. money, first world problems. Woohoo. All right. So if you have been paid UI benefits, unemployment insurance benefits, while you were still working for whatever reason, you know, you're, you're, there's plenty of people out there who started their claim and then. Surprise! The show's like, hey, we want to help you all out. Here are a couple extra, uh, compassion pay, relief pay, furlough pay, whatever pay. Great, that good on you. Thank, thanks very much for doing that. It's okay. This is the least of your problems. It's going to be okay. There is a way to handle this. This overpaid. So those benefits uh, that you've been paid, you will need to repay, and you need to repay both, both the state and the federal for the weeks you have been overpaid. Again, you didn't get a federal payment in March. At no time in March did you get a federal payment of $600, I promise you. If you did, you're sleeping with a senator. You didn't get it. You just didn't. And maybe it's 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 Kelly, the one who sold all her stocks. Anyhow, um, sure, we'll deal with her later. Um, so, if The only weeks you could be receive that federal payment in error is week ending 411, 418 going forward. If you did, you have to pay it back. It's okay. It'll be all right. Um, there is a way to do that. And here's our advice on, on handling the overpay situation. We advise you to send a check with the letter that Local 479 sent out to the membership. Kaz, I think this letter could be used by y'all as well um sister local it's all good it's just formatted it's a very easy letter y'all it's on the 479 website um go and download it it's easy to fill out it just lets them know you know they're going to be seeing a lot of these letters so when they see it it, they can go oh another one of these entertainment folks with an overpay situation cool and here is why we advise doing this this way uh sending a check and the letter Here's why we advise doing it this way rather than doing it online. By sending in your overpayment now with the letter, and only if, like, don't be overpaying money you haven't received yet. If you're still waiting on your money, get your money first. Don't be paying back what you don't have. But if you have been overpaid, this will call attention to your account to the Department of Labor. They're not going to have it in their system yet. That you're in an overpay situation, it just hasn't updated yet. It just hasn't. But when they receive your payment, they'll know what's up, that it's coming, right? And it, and and this is going to prevent the following scenario from potentially happening to you. Let's say that Glenn Paysan has approved for was approved for unemployment insurance in the amount of three hundred dollars per week. All right, I'm getting three hundred dollars per week from the state. I thus qualify. For the the federal payment. And let's say I elect to have taxes taken out. That's 504 that I'm getting that week. Let's say I have been overpaid two weeks of state and federal benefits. Totaling 1608. That would break down to two state payments of $300. And two federal payments of $504. Totaling 1608. And, look, if if, you, if you're if you getting the state benefits from uh, weekending 411 on, you're, you're getting that federal payment. You, you owe that back. You're not going to run into the scenario where, oh, well, um, actually, just for weekending 411, I didn't get the 600. I just got the state. No, you, you got both. No, yeah, we got both. You got both. And both need to go back mm-hmm. if you're in this overpay situation. So um, let's say that Glenn Pazan decides to wait. On this federal on this overpayment thing, right? I wait until I get a notice from Goddell that my account has been overpaid, right? There is a risk then, then in the time that it takes for the system to be aware of your overpayment and then notifying you of said overpayment, that a hold could be placed on your account until the overpayment has been resolved. You don't but, want that. No, you don't. We don't want any more delays. So. No. By returning the payment in advance via this method, check and letter, that it's the same letter formatted that everybody's going to use. It prevents, and the the Department of Labor is aware of this. I I promise you 479 just didn't create some willy-nilly letter without letting DOL know that they they have said, hey, we're going to create this letter because we got members in this situation. So heads up, it's coming. They're aware. So if you do that, those overpaid f- funds, uh, when you return all that money in advance, those overpaid funds will be returned to your UI account as well as the weeks. Again, you probably won't see this reflected on the front end on your account because the system, Ooh. say it again, is overwhelmed and it just isn't updating. But for you to see, but it is being updated on the back end. They have that information. That is our best advice. Y'all can do what you want with it, but that's the best way to prevent any further delays on payments. We don't want any more delays. You would be like Dory, a delay fish. Some fish just cause delays. No more delays, fish.
1: Now, what's also really important to remember: if you send that check back to them. Write it down somewhere. Make sure oh, that you know that you're not going to spend that money. Keep yep. a note in the back of your head. Stick sticky notes all over your house. Please. I don't care what you do.
0: Keep records, y'all.
1: No. Always know that that check is out there and it's going to be cash. And until you see that that's been pulled from your account, you've got to make notes of it. Yep. This is why our grandparents kept all of their checks, their cancel checks, sitting in like little booklets in their houses. And we go through and balance their checkbooks. They always write it down.
0: Oh, bless their hearts.
1: In a ledger so that you remember. And that's really important to do, especially with all of our virtual financial stuff, because sometimes you're going to put out $600 and you don't remember you put it out there.
0: And that's That's a lot of money. That's right. Be like grandma and grandpa, y'all. Like, I know most of us, myself included, we're not used to writing checks. I I got checks with an address from 10 years ago that are still like, because I just don't write checks. So just keep a record, right? Make a copy of it. Make a copy of the letter that you send. Verify. Mm -hmm. So if there is some sort of snag, you at the very, very, very least can say, no, see, I did, right? Verify everything. Keep good records. Keep
1: that paper trail. Always keep that paper
0: trail. Oy vey. All right. So I'm going to move on to the last couple topics. Thank you all so much for sticking with us. I know we have crossed the hour mark. Uh, but there is good information and please share this. Tell a friend, tell your neighbor. Um, it, it really helps us filter out um the, the things that don't need addressing on our end or or Goddle's end because we're dealing with dozens, if not hundreds of cases at, at this point, and I'm trying to show the ones that really necessitate attention that attention. And anytime I'm pulled away to answer just a question that's already been answered or could be answered via this pod. You know it takes time away from more pressing matters. Love you all, mean it. So, let's go on to health insurance. And not, I'm not one hundred percent sure, Kaz, if this uh applies to your members and who your healthcare provider is. But for four seven nine members, it's Blue Cross and Blue Shield, uh, Blue Shield specifically Empire Blue Cross and Blue Shield. Um, they have waived all fees, all fees, all copays. Related to the testing and treatment of COVID 19, no longer just testing. So, if you contract the disease, uh, I wish you well. Um, don't worry about the payments. If you are a 479 member in good standing and you have qualified and selected a plan C1, C2, C3, C4, you're covered for everything COVID related, testing and treatment. It's amazing. Because I don't know if you all know, but staying in the ICU is not cheap. Mm-mm.
1: Now, that does apply to any local who is on the national plan. because The NBF. Is the national plan. 927 is on the national. I noticed, I'm pretty sure 600 is. Um, they have I a think- slightly
0: different health care plan uh, because they don't have contributions made into account. They have to work X amount of days per year. And I don't right. know who their healthcare provider is, but
1: well, and we have we have the minimum hours, right? Um, you know, that we have to do. But you have Empire. But it's still, through Empire. Police okay, Cross so, so long story short, COVID-19. if your provider is Empire, into Blue Cross, you're good. Yeah,
0: exactly. If if it's Blue Cross Blue Shield, you're good. The other thing that that does pertain to us, this does not pertain to 600 because y'all can't submit for reimbursement like we can. Um, you Magic can now. That's right. You can now submit for reimbursement for simple OTC medications over the counter like Tylenol, allergy meds, and yes, as it should be, feminine hygiene products. You you will need an itemized receipt for that, and you'll clearly mark on the receipt what you are being reimbursed for. You'll circle it just like you were doing turning in your receipts for petty cash or or picoids, right? Circle the amount, the date, the vendor. And you'll fill out the form on the National Benefits website. And you can submit it online or snail mail. Just like everyone else, they're backed up. It's not going to see reimbursement in two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks. It's going to take a while. Uh, My advice is to let uh, your receipts for reimbursement pile up because there is an administrative fee uh, associated with the reimbursement. And the more you're getting reimbursed for, the less the fee is. So that's what I would advise there. This used to be a thing. Uh, prior to the Affordable Care Act coming in, uh, one of the unintended consequences of that. It, it helped a lot of people, but it kind of screwed us uh, out of this option to do this. So it's back. So it's going to go for at least the rest of the year. Um, you know, if your account's pretty flush, if you've got someone like me, um, I've been working for 12 plus years. I've really built up my NBF account. I got tens of thousands sitting in that account. Stock up. Stock up. Go out and buy whatever products you need. Tylenol, pads, whatever. Utilize that. It's it's your money that you have worked hard to to earn. The employer has made the contributions into your account for you, but that's your money. So take advantage of it um, and be patient. Uh, Next point: the annuity. We all have an annuity. You, you all have that contribution as well, right? You get pension annuity. We do. Yeah.
1: Yep. We have the annuity. We do yeah. not have the pension.
0: Right. Okay. Copy that. So with the annuity uh, that is managed by Wells Fargo, if, if you have never looked at your annuity and you bank with Wells Fargo, click on it. Take a look at, at what it's doing. Its Markets are kind of crazy right now. It's a little up and down. Um, Should be checking it out now and then. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't bank with Wells Fargo, just make an account. Just Go make a, a username, password, write them down, and um, go check out what your annuity is doing. There there are things you can do in there to adjust what you're invested in. I'm not going to get into that right now, uh, but no, you want to be aware of it. And
1: I'm going need that too.
0: Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So the 10% penalty that is on early withdrawal, like if you want to pull from your annuity early, there's a 10% penalty on top of the taxes you have to pay. There's a 10% penalty that has been waived. You will still have to pay taxes on whatever you withdraw from your annuity, but not if you return that money prior to filing for 2020. My advice is leave that alone. If you can at all avoid pulling from your annuity, Avoid it. There, there are other avenues. There are other ways to, if you're really up against it, to, to get money. Try and keep that money in there, you know? Um, so if you have to take it out, it's all right. I mean, it, it, we all have different circumstances. If you have to take it out um, and you do not or are not able to return that money that you've taken out prior to filing your 2020 return, you do have the option to pay those taxes that you owe on that withdrawal spread out over three years. So there's some, there's some leeway there. It's not pretty. You shouldn't do it if you don't have to, but those are your options. And this also applies to 401ks and uh, IRAs. If you have them, I have a Roth IRA, um, just separate fund that I I have uh, on my own. That's managed by uh, Edward Jones. So um, as I was saying, there's don't do that if you don't have to. Th- there are other resources for you. Um, one of those resources uh, for IATSE brothers and sisters out there is the Actors Fund, which is tremendous. They're, they're doing tremendous work. Um, you will need to provide proof that you're an IATSE member who's in need. You, know, you can't meet your immediate financial obligations. Uh, then a determination will be made. And the admins of this fund are exceptional. They're so good about communicating... This isn't like a 21 day waiting period for Georgia Department of Labor. No, they're, they're getting back to people in hours replying to emails. I know several 479 brothers and sisters who have received, you know a check for thousand bucks or, or whatever it is that they applied for in really remarkably short order. I'm talking days, not weeks. They really care. It's a really good program. Uh, I will post the link to it uh, so you can read about the qualifications and apply. Uh, but to be abundantly clear, this this amazing fund is for emergencies, right? This is not meant to pad your bank account. Everybody's bank account is down. My bank account is down, but I'm doing okay. The lights are on. My stomach is full. The dog is being very well taken care of, better than, than myself, as, as per usual. God, she's an expensive dog. Uh, please leave this funding for your brothers and sisters. Who are really struggling right now, and there are some heartbreaking cases out there, and they really need that money. We don't want to be draining that down mm-hmm. just because oh, I'm a little worried. Because you know, I used to have eight thousand in my checking, and now I have six. Oh, come on, now you're okay. It's gonna be all right. There's people out there that literally cannot pay their rent, and that's what this is meant for. There are some other avenues you can pursue too, as well. If if you're a four seven nine brother or sister. We have the Hardship Committee. Uh, You can log on to the 479 website and see who to contact uh, for that. Uh, It's kind of a similar process, you know, providing documentation of of your your hardship, your need, um, and that it's really dire, and and, uh, the the members who uh, work very hard on that group will get back in touch with you, again, pretty quickly, right? This isn't like filing for unemployment. So try to pursue those avenues. There's, there's, there's food banks. There, there's things you can do. God, just don't touch your annuity. If you don't have to, I mean, don't feel bad. Don't, don't beat yourself up if you have to, but for your own financial well being, decades down the road, that's your retirement, man. L- leave it be, you know, if, if you at all can.
1: The rule of thumb is, is that a retirement account is an awful lot like a zit. You can pop it <laughs> right away if you want to, but it's probably going to leave a scar. Uh,
0: So that being said, um, (laughs) do we have anything else?
1: I don't think so.
0: I I think we have covered just about all the major points, man. If I could make this pod a required listening uh, prior to posting anything on the page, on the group, I I would, because I think it's going to answer a lot of, a lot of questions. Um, I'll, I'll put it up. If, if we have left something out, um, I'm sure I'll get plenty of comments notifying me of that and I'll go back in and and we'll do this again. And we'll, we'll edit it and through a little post magic, sneak that in, whatever we're piece of information we're missing. But, um, by my clock, we are at one hour and 20 minutes of us rambling. Um, yeah, time flies when you're in a global pandemic talking about unemployment insurance (laughs) Um, but i i I think we have covered everything um kaz you got you got anything i think
1: we're good to
0: go all right well y'all um kaz i love you um i appreciate the hell out of out of what you're doing um for for myself for your brothers and sisters for your not brothers and sisters for everybody um i appreciate everybody who's been a part of the group appreciate everybody who's listening to this pod and y'all are this isn't just me and kaz it's everybody helping everybody i know it's a bumper sticker statement to say we're all in this together but now it fucking means something because ain't nobody spared from this so um god willing my next pod will be soccer oh please oh, i want everyone to be safe but i really want to watch some soccer um so for now i'm gonna I'm gonna end it here. Um, and uh, we'll be back if we need to to do another one of these. but uh, thanks y'all, appreciate you listening.